Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. So you want to get your MBA and you've got a few questions. Well, we've got answers. Welcome to the MBA podcast, the spot for honest and actionable advice about business school. For more information, check out our site at thembapodcast.com. Now, here's your host, David O'Brien. Welcome back. Previously, we discussed the idea of breaking down an essay response into bullet points loosely related to the topic. This, of course, is just another form of brainstorming. As with all my advice, if you have a better method that works for you, use it. There's no magic formula here, though. I am offering advice that I've seen work time and time again for the typical non-writer feeling stuck when it comes to producing or even starting an essay. Brainstorm. Bullet points and lists are my favorite in that they are still writing, but they're far enough removed from an essay that they're somewhat freeing. I also like to brainstorm, as you know, on my shower's glass door, but that has to be translated to the computer somehow. I also do a bubble brainstorm, the typical one you think of on a whiteboard. Sometimes this again still isn't actually typing on a computer. So in my humble opinion, it's one step removed and slightly abstract again, though you do you brainstorm in a good headspace, right? We talked about that in an earlier episode, putting yourself in a good physical space to also be in a good headspace. This is important. Stay on topic, answer the essay question. This too, of course is important. We're going to go over the top schools essay questions one by one in later episodes, so I'll directly address their essay prompts. Lots of these stay relevant year to year, but with ChatGPT and LLMs, this is a section that's likely to be dated rather quickly. Also, some of the essays are of the same flavor, so I'll be a bit on repeat, but still, I'll discuss the whole concept in case you skipped a certain episode since you might not be applying to the schools we discussed in that episode. But let's get a solid foundation down before we jump right in. And on a side note, check out clearadmit.com. They're a good resource for essay prompts and an excellent supplement to poets and quants. I think Clear Admit also has a podcast, so check that out. But there's two basic concerns when beginning to write your essay, producing and reducing. This is going to be a lot, so listen to this as many times as you need, as you need. but I'm also going to give you an example at the end, and hopefully that clarifies some stuff. In terms of producing content, you must find a way to, as I say, vomit stuff up on the page. If you have nothing on the page, you have nothing to reduce, nothing to edit, nothing to clean. Ideas that are meant for writing simply can't stay in your head. Brainstorm in whatever fashion you choose. But what about an outline? I'm not kidding. I've yet to meet anyone in my adult life who outlines essays the way we were taught in school during the 90s. Hopefully they're teaching it differently now. If, though, you want to write an intro paragraph, five topic sentences, five transition sentences, and a conclusion, that's cool, but will likely be boring, run over the word count, and won't elicit creativity or production on your part. But if it works for you, do it. Either way, I need you to take a look at the essay prompt and produce some starters, a yeast starter or some weird kombucha culture starters, whatever. 
we need some funky stuff off of which are or into which other things can grow. It's grody, I know. Free writing tends to work well. Take these little nugget sentences, your starters, and set a time for a timer for like three minutes and write as much as you can during those three minutes. Just don't stop writing. If you have nothing to say, write that you have nothing to say. Do that for any starters that aren't effortlessly generating more content. Put those starters into ChatGPT and ask it to brainstorm something related to that or ask it to ask you questions related to your starter. Use the tools at your disposal. Either way, generate content. Typically, the biggest issue with producing isn't a lack of content, it's being self-critical. Get out of your own way and get some words on the page. Next comes reduction. You've produced a whole bunch of stuff, but now you need to reduce it. No, not, not refine it, just reduce it. First, I tend to edit best on physical paper, so sometimes I'll print out my word vomit and take it on a walk with me and some pens and maybe find a nice place to sit for a minute, read a page or two and highlight the good stuff, then move on. Do what works. The following techniques are to be used on your free writing or whatever chat GPT spits back at you. These te techniques are made for reduction. You need to have something first worth reducing for them to be beneficial. So when highlighting, use the hotspot technique. The colors are a bit backwards from what we associate as good and bad, but I want you to make a heat map of your writing. Highlight in red, preferably, the places generating a lot of heat or friction. If you have a chewy sounding sentence or a great thought bursting between the words, that, that would be the color red. Have something that maybe stands out to you as needing a lot of work, but worthy of more of your time. Make that yellow or orange. If you're a completionist, you may want to use green for the lame stuff you can delete. And this is what I used to do till it claimed too many of my highlighters as even as a self-styled good writer, 95% of the stuff I write is really only suitable for deletion. So you have a heat map and it's pretty cool. Oh, and if you can have someone else heat map your stuff, but do not get, do not give them any context other than what heat mapping is. If you work with me on your essays, we'll do something very similar. Now, put that heat map aside for a second and get a fresh copy of your lovely word vomit. If you didn't listen to the other episodes, I'd like to say that good writing is like vomiting. You feel better once it's out, but everyone else appreciates it when you clean it up. So get a fresh copy of your stuff. Now, as a general guideline, delete everything between the opening sentence to each paragraph and the closing sentence to each paragraph. More often than not, this leads to much stronger sentiments and sentences. Sure, some things are going to be lost, but take a look at what you've got in front of you, especially those last sentences. If you did the five paragraph essay with an intro and conclusion, making a total of seven paragraphs, now you only have 14 sentences. Again, in most cases, you'd be slightly shocked and maybe a little insulted at just how very much of our writing, mine included, is unnecessary filter. Now, do what you need to do to save that heat map and the first last line exercise. My technique is usually to keep things in one document and I do page breaks, breaks between exercises. At times, if I've heat mapped on physical paper, I'll take a photo of that paper and insert it into the document so I don't lose it. In truth though, I've heat mapped enough that I now primarily do it in my word editor. As a follow-up exercise, take all those red highlighted hot stuff sentences and copy paste them onto a new page. Below that, copy and paste the orange and yellow sentences. Give them a read. Don't skip that part. 
Now copy and paste one red sentence onto another blank page. Using that as a starter sentence, I want you to free write for three minutes. Then on that same page or a different page, more on that in a second, copy and paste the second red hot spot and free write again. Do this until all of your red sentences have had their three minutes of fame. Why do I tell you to use a clean page every time? Simple, to get you used to producing on a blank page. It's the hardest thing ever and it's universally shared among writers and non-writers alike. Even if it's silly, I highly recommend you make yourself do this over and over and over until you sit down to a blank document and just start producing because you've done it a hundred times. If this is too silly for you, I get it, know yourself, but do me a favor, give it a try. Now, why do I have you copy and paste the orange stuff if we aren't going to free write off of them? Because I want those ideas in your head. Since we are all relatively familiar with technology nowadays, your memory is like your hard drive or your solid state drive. It has all your memory somewhere in it. When I have you brainstorm and hotspot and reread the orange parts, you're putting memories into your RAM. If that means nothing to you, RAM is essentially easier to access or faster to access. It's like front and center memories, like what you did yesterday, versus say all of our childhood memories that are somewhere in our heads, but deep, deep down under tons of other stuff. I've found it massively beneficial in cleaning up my word vomit to reread the best bits, then getting a clean slate and reworking the red hot hotspots. Also give a hard three minute limit a try. I can write and write and write, but when I must stop at three minutes, I tend to stress myself out, but I also tend to produce. Of course, do something to de-stress afterwards. Back to hotspotting. You now have three or four, or however many hotspot sentences or ideas with three minutes of free writing tagged onto them. Some of them may even include those orange and yellow ideas since they're fresh in your brain. Fresh page again, Copy paste the first and last sentence exercise this time. Let's say you have 14 sentences from your five paragraph essay discussed earlier. View those 14 sentences as dots. Now set a timer for 10 minutes and connect the dots. Fill in the missing info, lightly edit the sentences themselves, so on and so forth, and stop when the timer goes off or you feel like you're done. This doesn't need to be a free writing thing where you have to use all 10 minutes. Copy, paste, and repeat both exercises. Swap them out. Hotspot the first and last exercise, first and last the hotspot, whatever. Aside from copying and pasting and rereading, this exercise is relatively fast. I'd really encourage you to get weird with it too. If you want to reread on your computer, stand up, stretch while you're doing it. Not just because it's good for you, but it helps with screen blindness. Well, we tend to skip over errors on computer screens after staring at the screen for too long. Read out loud. I'm actually not encouraging you to do this. This is mandatory. Is your writing really hard to read out loud? Is this because you write in a totally different way than you speak? We may need to address this. Do the Pomodoro timer technique, and I might be mispronouncing that. It's a 25 minutes on or 25 minutes of work followed by a five minute break where you must do something physical for five minutes. Every four Pomodoros, which is two hours, take a longer break, half an hour, an hour, whatever, do some chores, relax, try things out. Submit this stuff to ChatGPT and ask it to pick out the strongest bits. Ask your parents, actually don't ask your parents, more on this in a second. 
But now we've done these techniques for one of our essays and we're stressed because we have 14 more essays. Don't worry, the work you put in now pays off in very real ways. It does not take long to get good at this as long as you practice hard at the beginning. And to be frank, this is something you could dedicate maybe an entire day to, if that's your style, and make massive strides in your writing abilities. But here comes the part of putting it together into an essay. You've got some good, not perfect, and not your best sentences ever, don't worry about that, but you have some really good sentences. Cool. Tell me about them. Tell me. Tell David O'Brien, someone who's worked in admissions and has an advanced writing degree, I'm asking you a question to which you must respond in written format. So my friend, how will an MBA from University X help you achieve your short-term and long-term post-MBA goals? I want you to write this out using the things you just worked on. Make it make sense to me. Yes, it needs to be good. I have a refined eye when it comes to writing due to my work experience and education, but guess what? You know me. You know me well by now. You know I want you to get into business school. Just do me a favor and make my job easy. Make it easy for me to get you into business school. So take the essay seriously, but say F it to intimidation or concern or embarrassment. You've worked on this and you don't have to be a professional creative writer to write a halfway decent essay. I'm not looking for perfect grammar and punctuation and lyrical prose and no other director will be either. I'm looking for you. Show me you. As for that punctuation and grammar, spell check, use Grammarly. There, there's way too many resources out there to excuse turning in a broken essay. And if you're seriously doubting the grammatical structure, just rewrite the sentence. Usually if there's a weird grammatical thing going on, it's easiest to change the sentence into two sentences after you rewrite it. It's a simple little fix. But David, I know you and what you're looking for, but you don't know me. Exactly. This is why I said not to use your parents as readers or your loved ones. The best you could do is ask a decent acquaintance and tell them to pretend like they have no idea who you are. The directors reading your essays will have zero idea who you are and they will have my lens through which to view your essay. They're looking to admit or deny you and they are seasoned readers. While they may not have a degree in writing, though tons of them do have masters of liberal arts, some sort of masters in that, they've read enough essays to know good from bad writing. But, and this is the truth, I've yet to meet a director that is looking to deny people. Pretty much universally, despite what you may see on TV, directors really don't like denying people. But you've got to make it an easy yes. All right, let's give you an example. I'll be curious if this is effective in spoken format or if it's just completely muddy. And I'm hoping to have a feedback in a Q&A section up on the website uh, soon. So check that out if you wanna let me know if this helped or hurt your understanding of the whole process. I'm going to simplify a prompt and do a little mini essay and read you what I wrote. Why do you want a Booth MBA? Maximum 100 words. I'm gonna read you exactly what I wrote and then I'll orient you a little bit with uh, which technique I'm doing. So why do you want a booth in MBA? This is the word vomit free writing for 60 seconds. I literally did it for 60 seconds. This is what came up. I want to get an MBA from Booth because they have a great economics program and something like 10 Nobel laureates. I like that the school is quantitatively focused and considered highly academic. I can't think of what's next. What should I write? What should I write? 
Uh, I like Maroon and Booth is Maroon. My wife went there. I like that it focuses on ethics and amazing professors like Epley. That's the end of the 60 seconds. I'm going to hotspot that. I hotspotted that into great economics program, quant focused, ethics focused, amazing professors like Epley. Now, here's the first and last version of that. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to get an MBA or I want to get an MBA from Booth because they have a great economics program and something like 10 Nobel laureates. I like that it focuses on ethics and has amazing professors like Epley. I reread both exercises to myself and I copy and paste them to a new page and then I free write for 60 seconds per idea. So here's the first hotspot with some free writing of 60 seconds. So the first hotspot, great economics program. And this is the hotspot. The Chicago school is thought to define the economics of our country for decades. I want a macro view of the world with an MBA, and that means studying econ. Coupling that with the ethically focused nature of Booth's business program, I'll be able to do something. I can't think of something. I need to be compelling, but I think this idea of tying ethics and econ together is good. Keep typing, keep typing. 60 seconds takes a long time. That's the end of the 60 seconds. This is the second hotspot, which was quant focused. The world, business and otherwise, is data. It's driven by data. And the ability to use and manipulate data is only going to become a more sought-after skill in the future. I don't want to have to rely on third-party companies to work with that data for me. I want to do it myself, or at least know how to do it and only use third-party companies at scale. Data, 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 data is my favorite Star Trek character data into 60 seconds. I'll skip the other hotspots for the sake of brevity. Hopefully what you saw there though, was that from quant focused, right? Just a hotspot of quant focused led to this idea of the need for future business leaders to be able to work with data themselves. So that came just from a quick little hotspot and I really only did 60 seconds there. Now for the first and last exercise, this is, let me, let me read you that one more time. The first and last I'm reading from the essay, so let me find it again. I want to get an MBA from Booth because they have a great economics program and something like 10 Nobel laureates. I like that it focuses on ethics and has amazing professors like Epley. So to split that up and connect the dots, I want to get an MBA from Booth because they have a great economics program and something like 10 Nobel laureates, but knowledge is only half the battle. I know that Chicago is now moving towards behavioral economics and many professors at Booth are at the front of this academic movement. Applying these academic concepts to the business world at large is what an MBA is about. I want to be on the cutting edge of economic business and thought, but I also want to implement those ideas in an ethical and sustainable way. Professor Epley's class, Designing a Good Life, is recognized throughout the business world as a fundamental course in creating good, ethical, and effective business leaders. This, a Chicago Booth MBA, is exactly what I'm looking for. All right, that's the end of the first and last. Now, I go back and hotspot again. I do the first and last thing again. I throw it into ChatGPT. Actually, let's do that. Let's take the exercise that I just read 
and run it through ChatGPT. I'll ask it to pick out the best parts and ask it to condense as well. So I'm taking the first and last exercise that we literally just read. So here's the first part. I, I put this in the chat GPT. Uh, act as an expert, act as an expert in essay writing. Pick out the best parts of this paragraph, no more than three sentences or ideas. Chat GPT says the best parts of this paragraph are the mention of the strong economics program and the presence of Nobel laureates at Booth, which highlights the academic excellence of the institution. The desire to be on the cutting edge of economic and business thought and the aspiration to implement ideas in an ethical and sustainable way, indicating a commitment to both innovation and ethics. The specific reference to Professor Epley's class, Designing a Good Life, and its recognition for creating ethical and effective business leaders, which demonstrates a clear understanding of the program's offerings and alignment with personal goals. Then I asked ChatGPT, now combine these three thoughts into a succinct paragraph. This is what it spit back. I am drawn to the MBA program at Booth due to its renowned economics program with Nobel laureate faculty. My aspiration is to stay at the forefront of economic and business thought while applying these concepts in an ethical and sustainable manner. Specifically, I am excited about Professor Epley's class, Designing a Good Life, which is recognized for nurturing ethical and effective business leadership. This makes a Chicago MBA the perfect fit for my goals. That's the end of ChatGPT. And what would I say about that? those results? It's definitely better than my practice exercise. That's for sure. It's seeded off of my practice exercise though, exercise though. So we're still working at creating and iterating on our thoughts. Now, speaking of ethics, you'd still need to make this your own, right? And very much your own. So hotspot it, first, last it, whatever you need to do. But we're very quickly starting to develop a very workable essay here. You need to bring some personality into it, for sure. The chat GPT response is definitely well-written, but it's stale. At the end of the day, of course, that's not a terrible thing, but we do want to stand out as much as we can, as, again, having a well-written essay only makes you average in the eyes of the big business schools. And for what it's worth, I do enjoy using chat GPT. I personally don't use it because I do have a very defined sense of style, and that is not again, 100% necessary for a, a an admissions essay. But if you have a well-defined sense of style or you're confident in your writing or you just don't want to use a robot, which I completely understand, you can skip chat GPT. I'm just trying to give you, you know, relevant tools to use right now. Then though, and this is interesting, I then asked chat GPT this. I said, condense your previous response to two sentences. And chat GPT said, I'm interested in Booth's MBA for its exceptional economics facility, including Nobel laureates. My goal is to lead at the cutting edge of business thought while emphasizing ethical and sustainable practices with a particular focus on Professor Epley's designing a good life class known for fostering ethical leadership. That's a great response. Now, another word of caution here. It's a super common phenomenon to have someone or a robot rewrite your ideas and for those ideas to get stuck in your head. That's part of the reason I always recommend a blank page. When rewriting chat GPT stuff, break it apart, get some distance from it. In effect, take it out of your RAM memory for a little while and only use it as a hotspot mechanism. Or, and this can be, th this is a topic for a completely different podcast, um, which I'll go into um, in a different podcast, but look at what chat GPT removes in the name of brevity and learn from that. 
right? In a way, you can use ChatGPT as a writing tutor, which I think is a really strong use of that tool. So look, compare those two, right? Remember how much we talked about, I mean, how much I wrote. I wrote for a total of, what, three minutes and probably had a couple hundred words, and it broke it down into two sentences. What is it removing? What's the fluff that I didn't need to include? Again, we'll go into that in more detail later. Um, I don't want to get preachy here, but learning to write well has a reciprocal nature with learning to think well or think good or Zoolander style to learn to read good and do other things good too. Clear writing leads to clear thinking. I would implore you and beg you as a future business leader and as a good human to truly work on your writing skills even after getting into your dream MBA school. I know time is limited. Do what you need to do to get the job done. But hopefully, maybe through my other podcasts, I can instill in you a love of and respect for writing that may not be there already, and you'll continue to use what you're developed and your hard-earned skills throughout your entire life. Let's sum up. Start with getting it up. Word vomit, then thoughts right out onto the page. Get as much as you can up and projectile aim that grossness at the specific essay prompt you've chosen. Do what you need to do to be creative. Get those ideas out there. Gently form them into some sort of outline, bullet list, shower, wall, writing, whatever. Free write for a few minutes if you don't have enough content. Hotspot your content. First, last, your content. If you can, have an acquaintance do the same. Re-hotspot, re-first, last. That, that sounds weird. Do the first, last again. Use your resources, ask a chat GPT for help, rework, give yourself a break, move, stand up, eat something, pet your dog. Don't spend hours and hours of unbroken work on a single essay because that kills creativity for most people. Finally, write a first draft of your essay addressed to me. I'm asking you the question, not some anonymous faceless person out there. It's me. You're writing to me. Now we have a baseline. Let's do some housekeeping before we go. You've likely seen on our website that I'm offering one-on-ones. This is, of course, a work in progress and kind of a proof of concept. Expect a lot of those offers to change. As you also know, my wife is an MBA and so are a lot of her friends. I run my business ideas by them, or more realistically, they tell me what to do. We want to be innovative and effective. In the name of both, I want to share an idea I had with you, and if this idea works, it'll be on our website. As of early October 2023, we don't have the website finished yet, so check back. I'll give you a hard commitment, though, and say by mid-October, let's say October 15th, I will have something up on the website about what I'm about to offer, even if it's a quick blurb saying, well, that was a terrible idea. But here's the idea. I'd love to edit your essays. That's the majority of what I can offer with one-on-one time outside of answering your unique questions. I edit essays and creative writing differently than most people, and I'll do this with you in our one-on-one no matter what. I will read and respond to your essay with you in front of me or, well, on the camera. I'll give you what I call a first blush read. I've never had anyone tell me this wasn't valuable. It's uncomfortable, but it's invaluable. You know why? The director passing judgment on your essay, they're only ever going to read your essay once. If they have to read it twice, it's because something was wrong. Even if they loved it, they have too many other essays to reread yours. So this is a bit of a practice like you play sort of thing. 
while I will do a deep edit of your essay, it's a bit silly to hone in on a single word or sentence for five minutes when your audience, a director in this case, will only spend a fraction of a second on it. Here's an example. A collection of poetry I'm kind of perpetually working on and keeping opens with this line. I am all the world's violence captured in a still frame. That took me three seconds to think of and write. You know what I did later? I spent, no joke, a total of two or three combined hours over the course of a month deciding if it should be I am all of the world's violence or I am all the world's violence. Hours. On a single word. The word of. And do you care? Maybe you have an opinion as to which sounds best, sure, but do you really care or do you care about the overall sentence? So yes, when you pay someone to like hardcore review your writing or your essays, they will likely deep dive into stuff. No, I, I won't spend two of our hours on one word. That's a weird hyper-focused ADHD creative writer thing I do. But they do, do they give you a first pass review? Often not. They often only do deep edits. Your essay at the end of the day needs to read well immediately and effortlessly. I have an MFA in writing, sure, but your essay better not only be enjoyable to someone with an F MFA in writing. Now that you have that sentiment, here's the actual business idea. I'm thinking about having an offer for you to send me your essay. Then the paid bit is to have you grab two hours or so with me and we hop on a virtual call and say, hi, you say hi and provide no more context. And I just start reading and reviewing your essay. I'd say you could give me in the essay or email your name, age, undergrad, GPA, GMAT, GRE, and maybe some other stuff that I would see on like a first page of your application, but that's it. This would really allow us to get a true first read of your essay, which is by far the most important. I tend to be as positive as I can and as supportive as I can with my students. And there's a chance that if I know anything about you before reading the essay, that it'll color my response. I don't mean this in a silly way. If we're chit-chatting with the obligatory first couple of get to know you minutes and you say you love cats and I love cats and we connect and then your essay is about an animal shelter you want to run, I may think that's a great tie-in, but maybe it's not mentioned anywhere else in your application. So a director on the other hand would be like, why are there cats all of a sudden in here? I thought this was a booth MBA, but me, I've filled in some missing information and the essay makes more sense to me. Think of it like this. My brother could read an essay by me wherein I write only using inside jokes and movie quotes. Like, is the bucket the prize? Yes, the fries are in the bucket. What's the symbology here? The word is symbolism. What's the symbolism? Man, dad and that McDonald's fast food over, that was game over, man, game over. My brother would understand this easily. A director, and maybe you, would think I've lost my mind. So. Check out the website if you want to work with me on your essays or have specific questions that I haven't answered, but keep an eye out for some sort of experimental way for me to read your essays. And yeah, this would preclude the free 30 minute consultation is that would defeat the purpose. Of course, if you go to the website in these early days of fall 2023, I very well may have this essay idea up there for a stupidly cheap price so that you and I can proof or prove the concept. Oh, and a final little aside, Anything you end up uh, buying on the website, like time with me or essay reviews or something like that, will very likely send you back to a specific episode in this podcast. 
So if we decide to try out this essay idea, you'll likely be directed back here to an episode titled something like First Blush Reading, which will give you an overview of what to send me and what to expect in a more formal way than this afterthought on an episode. I could talk forever about writing and offer you endless resources to improve your own. And if you want to do that, check out my other podcasts when they're up. Again, though, for right now, this MBA podcast and these episodes are all I'm focusing on. Yes, the to-do list keeps growing. If you do somehow have time to read a good book that'll pragmatically help you write well, check out Stephen King's memoir on writing. It's excellent, and it's the best how-to-write book I read in my graduate studies. Also, as a secondary and definitely subordinate to On Writing by King, check out the Hero's Journey or Save the Cat story structure, but you can just Google those. They're free. Uh, that can just help with structuring stuff. Thanks so much for spending some of your time with me today, friend, and we will talk soon.